Hi everyone, DM Nathan here. Quick note before getting into this episode, due to a combination of self-care and scheduling, we are approaching our June releases slightly differently. Today's Tuesday release is our very wonderful Reckless A Talk with Matt from Dungeon Glitch. More on him later. Then next week, we are back to Reckless Attack, the actual play, then another Reckless Attack, then back to normal on Tuesdays moving forward. We appreciate your understanding. Now, on to the intro. Matt is head owner of Dungeon Glitch, which is a nerdy apparel and media company and website. They have shirts, mugs, all kinds of awesome stuff, as well as free-to-use music made by Matt himself that is perfect for a chill stream like our recent puzzle streams over on Twitch. He has also partnered with the Foundation for Inclusivity in Gaming to publish some folklore and mythology-inspired adventures. Learn more about that in our interview with Kyle a few weeks back. And he can also be found on actual play streams basically all over the place. Matt is also one of the absolute best and leading voices when it comes to building a brand in the TTRPG space and beyond. And one of a handful of people that I learn new things from constantly on that topic. Finally, Matt is a wise, kind, passionate, and generous person. We talk about the importance of gaming as an outlet, the power of stories, how to build your brand, how to build community, what community means, and really just all kinds of amazing things. All of his relevant links are available in the episode description. Without any further ado, here is our episode with Matt. Well, hello. Hello there, Matt. Oh, oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> Just a hot start. Boom. Yeah, hello. You know, it was like he said, hey, get ready, train a little thing. And I was like, yeah, no, I did that. And I'm doing it right now still. It's like, yeah, we're cool, man. <laughs> turns, out, turns out there's a little more channeling that needed to happen. And, you know, sometimes that'll be required. And we'll just kind of, you know, we'll just kind of zen through it and just keep keep that vibe going while also doing an interview live to tape it'll be fine but hello thank you for joining me i'm so excited this has been a uh, long awaited long scheduled and one of those interviews that like you mentioned hey if you ever want to interview me let me know and i was immediately like uh yes uh wait with me with uh, our show you want to be on our show uh y- yes please let's do that right away um so thank you for coming thank you for having me super fun i uh you know i i avoided interviews for like the first year of being in the space because imposter syndrome i didn't know mm-hmm. what the hell i would even want to talk about and i still don't know what i want to talk about but i just want to hang out so here we are you know and that that i think <laughs> has been the great joy of reckless to talk is sure yeah i've learned a lot and sure we get you know we get to trade audiences with cool other creators and blah 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 but mostly it's like hey you're cool and I would like an excuse to hang out and talk with you. And it's worked out so far. Uh, and that's been very nice just to be like, well, it's fine because it's content still. So it's allowed. Yeah, I'm excited. So for those who don't know, uh, especially for, I guess, anyone who skipped the intro that I will be recording later, tell the people who you are, Matt. Hi, everybody. I'm Matt. Uh, you may know me as Dungeon Glitch from the onlines. I'm in the uh, TTRPG Twitter space mostly, <laughs> but you may see me branch out into all those random other 
social platforms where I might post something and then forget about it, which is exactly why I tell people not to do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm the uh, the head owner of Gemmed Firefly. So if you're into nerdy shirts, gear, stuff like that, or um, even not nerdy stuff, it's, <laughs> it's, it's nice LGBT mix. stuff on there, depression, humor, because that's me. And, uh, <laughs> and if you're into music, you can just look me up on anywhere you get music. I am everywhere. And most of it's free. You are a, a true renaissance individual of the TTRPG space <laughs> uh, in that I think I think there are a lot of people who do a lot of things. I mean, obviously, but I think very few do the breadth of things in terms of just sheer different lanes that you do. Like you said, there's music, there's T-shirts, there's different kinds of T-shirts and merch I'm starting to branch out and do some more actual play stuff and guest oh, yeah. star stuff. Uh, and you're just all over the place. That's definitely one of the big reasons where it's like, yes, Matt, you tell me what all you're doing, <laughs> because I'm sure that I've missed a few of the things, even as hyper online as I am any given day of the week. Yeah, I know. I already forgot a bunch of other stuff. Like um, I, I, I help out um, BIPOC and LGBT creators with FIG. I, uh, Indeed. I'm FIG. Now, yeah. From uh, from Kyle, from a couple of Reckless to Talk episodes ago. I right. uh, know that you're in there a lot and uh, and helping promote that, helping you're on some of the world building streams, uh, excuse me, some of the adventure building streams, the, what was it, the mythology, what's it called? The Magnificent Mythology Ugh. Streams, yep. Boom, I that's why it. I should never try to remember anything and just ask you, hey, what was the thing that you were on? <laughs> You'll remember it probably better than yeah. me, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, which was an awesome episode. Uh, and I think I bought, if I remember it, I think I own the adventure that you created, if I recall correctly. I think I that's two, one of the ones that's available. I get two Ooh, out there. I didn't and, know that. And, and, and that also, you know, segues to me starting to make TTRPG stuff finally, because I just, I'll just putting it off forever. You know, <laughs> uh, coming back around to it. It was the reason I showed up. So it's like, hey, I can make stuff. Let's make stuff. Really, Let's I'm make terrified to use the uh, the editors. And I refuse to like learn how to do them. So I said, I just keep buying more of them, hoping that one will be like, oh, no, this is the easiest one. Just push buttons and hit print. Right. Yeah. We'll just build it. We'll just get a template and we'll just, well, they'll be able to put a shift alt B and yep. then it'll all just work out and be beautiful. Easy. Yeah. So if anyone has that recommendation for either of us, uh, chime in in uh, the comments, I guess. I don't know. There's not really comments on podcasts, mm -hmm. but you get it. Yeah, uh, wherever you already own it and never looked at it. Yeah, right. Also, also very true. You have done so many different things in the tabletop gaming space, but so many of them are not immediately playing and writing tabletop role playing game stuff, at least for your first like year or so in the space. Yeah. So I am curious, how did you, you know, how, what was kind of your D and D and or tabletop role playing game origin story? How did you come to the hobby and what kind of synapses fired in your brain to be like, ah, this is what I would like to be doing more of, please. So it's not a clear cut or even fast story. Same. <laughs> um, I got into TTRPGs as a child because uh, I, 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 well, technically that's when I was introduced. I didn't start playing it though. Mm -hmm. uh, so I got into fantasy as a kid cartoons that kind of thing what blew me away was final fantasy 6 in like 1993 <laughs> um, and like i'm playing this on like the old SN old snes and i'm like holy this game is awesome <clears throat> wow i'm excited so uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just you know an emotional final fantasy 6 reaction is it's, you get so, choked yeah, up it's about still it. the best final fantasy 
in Ooh. my opinion. Ooh, um, hot takes. I've never played a Final Fantasy. I need to. Oh, six is but. the best. It's it's it's. Oh my god, I can talk about that. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's a, so I, I played that, and then um, at the time it was difficult too, because like I'm like off and on homeless as a kid. So uh, I had a friend who uh, I went to school with, and basically I spent weekends at his house. So infinite gratefulness to his family for putting up with me. Yep, absolutely. Um, so uh, and then one day, one summer, he disappears to camp, and I'm like, fuck. But, uh, <laughs> but oh, no. he comes back. My Final got, Fantasy fix. Well, yeah. And, and, <laughs> uh, so um, he comes back from like camp, and he tells me all about Dungeons and Dragons, which he played. But he didn't have with him. So I'm like, hey, cool. That sounds awesome. Let's do it. And he's like, I don't know how. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I just know about it. Yeah. And then so like I knew of it, and then I moved. And um, <laughs> I am coming up inner city Boston, moving into high school, uh, junior high, high school. And I'm kind of in a gang, so we're like running around, getting in trouble, doing doing dumb stuff. But uh, it sounds awful. It was stupid fun. It was. <laughs> <laughs> we're not, so, you know, the official stance of both yeah. our properties are, you know, don't do yeah. crimes or illegal activity. Don't ever, ever, ever do the things that I have the fondest memories of doing. So, right. <laughs> so right. yeah, it, you know, it was just. Most of it was like, you know, being delinquents and fun. But <laughs> we, we we eventually ran into people that had Dungeons & Dragons stuff. Because you, you hang out with drug dealers, you're going to meet stoners and stoners. <laughs> and, so, and eventually someone will have really loved the heavy metal movie or really into the monster manual art or something. Absolutely. That did come up. So, <laughs> uh, we, so, so I ended up buying the books and then we started playing. And when um, was this? Like, how old were you? Slash, what year? What edition? That kind of stuff. Uh, so uh, when we were doing that, it was second edition, which Thaco was way over our heads. So we were just <laughs> like, uh, no math, right? I'm just gonna. No, I think I get this. And then um, that had to be like ninety six, ninety seven. Got it. Maybe ninety eight ish. Uh, so right around there, and then we started playing, and it kept us out of trouble. Mm -hmm. which was the best thing we could kind of do. A lot of my friends who were like on the border of always getting arrested or uh, getting shot at or other mm -hmm. things of just like, let's just hang in tonight. <laughs> yep. And uh, you roll some characters and it was great because like, honestly, and I, I've, I've said this before, it's I, I think for a lot of people who didn't have a fair shot, role playing kind of gave them a new way to look at life. Yeah, might have been a little more fair. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, you can be what you want. And it, it became inspiring. Like there were there, there were some people that I played with who after playing as a heroic character started getting better grades. And just like you don't have to be the victim of your circumstances. It's awful. Like you're in you're in these tough spots and stuff like that. But you have the willpower to start making positive change. So maybe go to school this week. <laughs> uh -huh. And uh, yeah, ultimately, in, in the end, it was a great positive impact. Uh, not only myself, because I got to be creative, and that was just something that was in me. Um, mm -hmm. I got to help people, and uh, some people make the joke that D&D is therapy. And in this right. case, I did kind of use it that way. So it's like, we can stay here and fight ogres, or you can go out and fight crackheads. What do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, at the end of one, you might get a cool, fancy sword. So, you know. Or you can play D&D. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I, I realize my mistake now in saying that. Uh, but So from there, 
you know, all that eventually had to end. You can't sustain the gang lifestyle before things had to escalate. So we got out of that. Good. Uh, a, a number of us, not many of us, did. Uh, and uh, I ended up going to college, and that was fun. I didn't play much there. I got I, I my roommate later became a DM after I'd played like a full one to twenty campaign with him and uh, some of the high school popular kids who I like, turned into nerds. So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> and um, then he became a DM in college, and then uh, I, I I I only my scholarships and stuff only got me one year on campus, and then after that I was homeless through college. So that was wow. like oh cool fun so i kind of fell out of it and then uh it was because i was just working and sure doing things had <laughs> life to I, deal with yeah and then after that i got a job and uh i hadn't i, I put dnd away because like i didn't have the books and stuff anymore um i gave them to my friends it's like yeah take these i don't have space for them in the truck mm-hmm. that i'm living in so if you take this <laughs> i know you'll give them a good home um and then uh yeah, I did corporate stuff. I did accounting and all those random things. And like, here I am, 2019, <laughs> hating everything. It's like the height of the Trump era. Yeah. Um, I made Gem Firefly, and uh, it's it's also like I need to do something that I actually like really like. And that's how I got here. Leaning into trusting that I'd figure it out. Mm-hmm. So that's me and TTRPG. So do you? When did you pick? pick TTRPGs back up. You know, you obviously, there was a big span of time in between where you just didn't have space in your life physically or or time or energy, <laughs> I would imagine. But, you know, was there kind of that that moment where you're like, okay, I'm I'm dipping a toe back in or did you start Gemmed Firefly and and Dungeon Glitch kind of like as, as the way to start getting back into that space? Uh, so I dabbled in it for maybe the last like six years because mm-hmm. uh, I had friends, uh, so some local friends that wanted to play board games. So uh, we got sick of playing um, Agricola and Munchkin all the time. So uh, <laughs> you, you, it's, it's only, there's only so many, it's so long I could tolerate these games that took longer to set up than to play. Yep. And uh, then it's like, <laughs> you know what, dude, it's like, I know I'm a good DM. Just roll characters and trust. I'll make us something cool. And then they got addicted to it. It's like, you know what? Maybe we should just keep doing this. But then my friends moved away because yep. work. They're like, yeah, hey, I got this job in Vermont. I'm like, ah, all right, maybe we'll stream it. And then from streaming, I realized, you know, I can play online. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what we did last year. And um, like I was also doing marketing at the time for uh, a lot of game companies, mm-hmm. video game companies, uh, a local brick and mortar game store. And so I was always surrounded by the game, by the industry, um, all these magic tournaments, everything. And I just, it's so weird, like knowing that you have the skill and not using it. Yeah. Right. And after a yeah. while. Yeah. It just, it just became like, I, not only do I want to do this, I feel like I'm doing you a disservice by the <laughs> You don't understand. I'm actually quite good at this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would see like other DMs with like bad habits or people trying to tell people how to play the game. Like a lot of the conversations, the toxic conversations that you hear on Twitter now were yep. being had <laughs> in the confines of like this building that I was in where like I'm trying to promote the game to get sales for books inside this shop. Fortunately, the owner, the, the, the person, the people who ran it were super progressive. Women were absolutely safe in this store because otherwise I wouldn't have been helping them. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. 
it's just, yeah. Well, so lots of already many questions flowing through my brain. Uh, but first, I wanted to go back a little bit to contrasting then, contrasting now. What are the kind of uh, kind of things you like working on? The kind of things you, the kind of stories you like consuming, telling, putting out into the world, and and all of that. You know, like has that progressed, or is that still at the core of a lot of the stuff that you you really enjoy? Uh, so the, uh, that's still evolving. Um, mm -hmm. the, sure. the, the stories that I put out as uh, an early DM was me, myself, trying to explore political intrigue possibilities. Mm. I didn't, it, it's, it's how I write all my things. Everything has to be super layered. And <laughs> I need a lot of uh, various connections between characters Got to. so that I can hit you with a surprise later. And it's going to make a memory. That's mm -hmm. that, that, when I play, it's for memories. Otherwise, why am I? really doing this <laughs> yep. i want you to be able to say like oh there was this one time i was playing dnd a couple years ago or ah oh, there was this guy i used to play with i want to be that story and mm -hmm. it's like or, or, or i don't know anyone else who does it this way that's what i like to do the way the way that like i do things now is is a lot more informed like i'm more familiar with like session zero with safety tools sure. and stuff like that not that i was having problems or anything like that it just it just it felt more kind of like the wild west and i was just kind of like i have to keep control <laughs> yep. of all of this stuff i got to make sure people feel comfortable that uh ever that i'm touching on uh things people want to talk about that everyone feels heard and included at the table and all that stuff and like once i got to this space and there were proper labels for that thing like oh obviously but at the same time as creator i'm like huh, i was doing that first <laughs> it's also like it's kind uh, of sort of doing it yeah in that yeah way. yeah but it made me happy, like a lot of other people doing it, because like I would run into other people who had no interest in doing that stuff at all, and it's like, yep. I can't play with your ass, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, right. Okay, I was immediately is like, oh, okay. I I am now informed that there's one less table that I would like to be at. Isn't that useful information for me to run with? Exactly. So, so oh, go ahead. No, uh, no. Uh, well, I mean, like the things I play now are more mm -hmm. like bucket list stuff it's like uh I, I try to find out things that my players have never done and want to do and then i try to one-up it and like okay we're gonna do an even better version of that of I'm course i tell you we're gonna improve absolutely on it. Like, this is gonna be cool you said you wanted this here it is times five so yeah so another thing that you mentioned as kind of part of your your origin story was the you know kind of the marketing side of things and certainly that is other than just kind of being a present active member of the space is definitely how i kind of started to get to know you and your account plus obviously cool awesome t-shirts but something that i know that you have a lot of experience on have a lot of expertise on and share very freely is that marketing side of thing and marketing as a way not just to get yourself out there, but marketing to build a community to, you know, kind of use platforms for good purposes, that sort of thing. What when you were kind of coming up with your own branding, when you know, when you were saying, okay, cool, uh, I am launching, uh, you know, I'm launching Gemmed Firefly, and especially as I'm doing more D&D &D and kind of fantasy stuff. How did you go about kind of deciding what your brand was going to be and kind of how you were going to be marketing it, at least in those, you know, those early, early formations of it? Sure. So uh, getting into marketing was something that I kind of like oh, had always 
uh, dabbled with mm -hmm. on my own, despite having you know corporate jobs. I was an accountant. I was a coder, a business analyst. I did all this random stuff. That, uh, <laughs> and I had all these various companies that paid the bills because from you know from, from my history, it was like, yeah, no, money's important. So yes. I really need this. I need this stability. And once mm -hmm. I got it, I kind of like ended up with like, wow, I have these resources now. So using those resources, I started making other projects. I started a video game company, and um, that was neat and that's when you start to learn all the things that you don't know about business when you just decide <laughs> to do sure it. and um we got way in over our heads but we made a lot of connections made all the mistakes you possibly could and uh it crashed and burned and it was <laughs> in spectacular depressing fashion <laughs> from that I, I i learned that you know i've been doing I've been, i was trying to do too much I uh, now had a good idea of what I didn't know that, you know, when you're starting a business that marketing is vital. Like I mm -hmm. thought it was more like, yeah, no, we'll make something cool and it'll speak for itself. I already knew better, but I, was, I, I thought I could a little lean into that. But really, it's like if you're making a business, it's like building a car. You have to understand that, yeah, it's fancy, it's comfortable, <laughs> it might have the specs, but marketing is your engine. Mm -hmm. If you don't have an engine, your car and your product <laughs> and your brand are not going anywhere. No. <laughs> it's like, otherwise, you might as well just let it sit on your front lawn. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's why I tell people, it's like, hey, if you don't want to invest in marketing, if, you're not, if it's not part of your business plan, then you essentially have a hobby. And if, and if you don't market it, then you basically might as well have a yard sale. So <laughs> that's as far as it's going to go, like, mm -hmm. especially on like social media where people think, Oh, if I just spam, people will find it. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, it is not. It is not. Spoiler alert for those of you following along at home: they will not find it. No, That's they will not find it. In fact, they will dislike you. <laughs> so when you when you were when you were coming up with kind of your marketing, you know what was what was the oh right that was the question the niche uh, that you wanted to fill and what was the kind of like the tone and all that stuff you know how did you kind of put it together because that's something that that I have talked a lot about for Reckless Attack and have done some work around but you know I am always wanting to learn more and I'm sure other people listening are always interested in that kind of you know the, how to build the engine so to speak sure so there's three ways to look at this too at least from my answer here mm -hmm. there is the way that people should do it there's the way that I do it. And then, <laughs> and there's the way that I've actually professionally gotten good at helping people do it. For me, making the brand uh, at the time, I knew what it needed to be, but I also, um, my other company had just imploded and it was expensive. And I was <laughs> salty. And at the same time, it's also like, it, it's, it's the beginning, it, it's late 2019. Cities are burning. Everyone's in the streets. This is pre-pandemic, but it's, yep. you know where it's going. Everyone was yep. miserable. Everyone's like, oh, 2020 is going to be our year. And it wasn't. It at was all. not. No. And uh, so, so like I'm filled with rage. Mm -hmm. And that's where Gem Firefly came from. I had, I, I built it with uh, two friends, one being Kata. Mm -hmm. And then it just came down to just her and I and, uh, for anyone who doesn't know Kata, she's my uh, business partner. Super brilliant, awesome, nice person. You Phenomenal individual. Um, brilliant. And uh, we just kind of made it. And instead of coming up with like a brand that suited everything, it was like, no, just <laughs> fuck it. I'm, just gonna, I'm angry. It's just going to be me. And I'm just going to make designs. And if they <laughs> sell, they sell. If they don't, I made them. Fuck it. So that's why like a lot of the original designs are like 
fuck around and find out. Gator flags, yep. refreshing humor, because it's just like, no, guillotines. I don't know what else to tell you. That's, that's, <laughs> that's why they're everywhere. I'm going to put cute anime eyes on a guillotine, and it's going to sell. And it does. And it does. <laughs> Still does, as I recall. Yeah. All, all, all the issues with, uh, with, with racial tension. Like, I couldn't really get into that because I felt like it would be pandering. But the other two people that I made the company with are LGBT, and it's very mm-hmm. important for them. And if I'm angry about everything, I should be. I should let them be angry about other things that I'm also very concerned about because it's the safety of the people that I love. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why we, we really kind of like went into uh, creating a safe space, but also like an outlet of anger. So that was gemmed Firefly. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's a good duality. Is like. Do you want to feel safe to be angry about these things? Come yeah. on down. <laughs> yeah. So like, uh, it's it, a lot of it's like memes, like drink me some bleach, boys, and free and eat my soul, <laughs> stuff like that. It's it's yeah. I just we had so much fun just making them, and just like I would just like wake up in the middle of the night and just start making these designs, and I'd show Cat just laughing, and I hit print, <laughs> and then um, yep, people were just like. Random things just go viral on Reddit. It's like, holy shit. So, <laughs> um, but so, so I became the brand, and that gives me a ton of freedom. I'm allowed to curse. I can be myself. It's whatever. I recommend that if, 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 if you're not trying to go for like a corporate feel good super vibe, because the, the freedom in that really adds strength to your mm-hmm. authenticity. Like, I'm genuine. If I don't like something, I can say it. Yep. Authenticity. And, uh, it's fun. So, so uh, when when people find that they can relate to the brand, it helps. And I, when people buy the things, it's like, ooh, you get me. I get yeah. you. So it's like <laughs> we have made an invisible connection through e-commerce. Yeah. So uh, there there were a number of the uh, depression design stuff that when the pandemic, the the first like alarming height, a yeah. lot of people started to like lose hope in general. It's like this is awful. Nothing's being done. I got a message from uh, a woman who works at the calls, the, 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 the command center for paramedics. She's like, my therapist doesn't have anything for me anymore. I, we, uh, my, me and all the people I work with are so just gallows humor. I showed them your site and I got like <laughs> 10 sales. And they're like, thank you so much for putting some of this stuff into words. And it's like, all right. I am validated the things that I do work and help people. That's what I want. That's like the peak achievement for us is when we hear, Hey, you've made a small difference in, you know, in kind of my life and in my experience. Um, And what does that experience do for you? Knowing that you have put so much of yourself and your experience and your feelings and your anger, and you're just (laughs) like, I, you know, I assume degree of nihilistic, you know, oh, yes. joy, <laughs> all right. in your, all in your stuff. So, you know, what, what does that do? I guess, guess for you as a, as a creator. Uh, it, so it, 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 it helps me fight off that existential dread because I have purpose mm-hmm. and it's nice too. Cause it's like one of the things that's kind of struck me a long time ago was be the change you want to see in the world. Mm-hmm. So I, it's like, I can't slack on that. So if I have a platform, if I can create something, if I can help people, if I can push things forward, it's my duty to do so. And that makes me happy. So as I continue to do that, it's it's second nature for me. It doesn't cost me any effort. It's like I, I just want to do it. And like mm-hmm. if I can if I can help people save time, save money, 
get closer to their dreams so that they can be happy. I know that I can only hope that they will pay things forward and be nice to other people because they caught a break. And it's like, I grew up, I didn't have any breaks. So mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, it would have been nice. And <laughs> if, if something cool or, or good did ever happen, I was incredibly grateful. But very far and few between. But I was also super isolated and I didn't talk to anybody. So that was my own fault. Give the break you wish to see in the world, maybe? I don't know. Something along those lines. Yeah, uh, be the person <laughs> you wish you had when you were coming up. Yeah. 100%. And and that seems to always be very central to a lot of the stuff that I see you do is is you are you're always very transparent about about tips about hey here's here's my here's why I don't think this is right or here's why I think this is the better way to do it always in a in a in a nice educational way and not always you're not in kind of the like let's burn people to the ground as we do this. I try not to. I did rant it's the difficult. other day. It was but, a good uh, rant, though, in your defense. I know the rant, and it was a good rant, and it was, I feel like, still a well-balanced rant. No, I appreciate that. I feel <laughs> bad, because it's like, especially because, like, I didn't know the company I was talking about at the time, and I realized I was a big fan of the company afterwards. I'm like, oh, no. But it's also like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, so, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't, it's one of those where, like, that's, to me, that's almost a blessing, is, like, you can just observe the thing and say, okay, here's my thoughts on the thing. And here's, you know, here's kind of my experienced and nuanced take on it and not be blinded by like, ooh, but I do like their stuff a lot and, you know, and that yeah. kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I think that's it was it was valuable. It was valuable to me as someone who did not know the person involved. Um, but anyway, you have now been in I think you started what, like a year ish ago, right? Like in earnest, at least for for I guess it'd be a little longer February. now. Yeah, my, okay. my, my account is uh, made in November, but I didn't touch Twitter until like. Yeah, same. Our our account is much older than when we actually started tweeting, yeah. for sure. But you have grown a significant following, certainly, and a certain a degree of a footprint, and also kind of the the leadership and you know kind of like platform that goes with it, right? But you've also therefore have seen a lot of individuals come and go already. You've seen a lot of big accounts, a lot of small accounts. You've seen you know, new podcasts popping up, you've seen new shows, new whatevers. Is there anything that you see that are kind of some of the like archetypical mistakes that a lot of new or upcoming accounts or brands or shows or whatever uh, kind of make that are kind of easy to fix, but like big hindrances? Yes. Yes. There, there, there is one that I do tell people and it's content. And it's not exactly what people expect. It's when you're coming up, don't worry about putting content out. If you don't have a following, no one's seeing it. And you're wasting your time and your <laughs> effort. And you're just yelling into the void. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. a lot of your cool ideas, your first ideas that you were really, really excited about, that you put the extra effort into, that you're now tired of making because yeah. no one has seen them. <laughs> uh -huh. you hold on to those. Make some friends first build up a little bit of following. And then when people are excited about your ideas, they go, oh, hey, I like that. check this out. I've had this forever. <laughs> and, uh, and, and if you are making content and you do want to contribute the content, just sit on it, just stack it. And then once you are ready, open the floodgates and be like, I now have 1,200 followers on Twitter. We talk about X, Y, Z. I've learned about this. I know people need to, to learn more about this because I see the questions. I've answered the questions. 
here's my take in a product or content form. Mm -hmm. And now you have followers and then that will give it momentum. But if you're like, I have 200 followers and no one responds, here's my blog post. And like you're, you're getting upset because it doesn't work. It's because you put the cart before the horse. And it's just, that's, that's, that's the vital thing. And people think it's like, if I make something witty and people will show up. Never. Yeah. That's a a bummer truth, but a truth. (laughs) You You gotta do the work if you're doing it for free. Otherwise you can just, you can make your cool stuff and pay, you know, 200, 300 a month and it'll get out there. The right people will see it. Uh, that, that's another thing about marketing. You have to stay on it. It's not like, oh, I yeah. took a HubSpot thing once. It's like it has evolved in the last week. What you thought worked doesn't work today. You have to keep up on it. That's why you should pay marketing professionals. So, um, yeah, don't feel bad if you get left behind on it. Yeah. We all do. Yep. You you mentioned, I think it's great advice of kind of starting by by entrenching yourself in the in a community, basically, and starting to put yourself out there and and make connections either alongside development of content or even before content is kind of being put out. But yeah, do you have any advice for standing out when you are in that sort of position and trying to make those connections and trying to get a footprint to do whatever you want to do with that footprint? Yeah. So first, uh, like it, you don't have to make a full website or anything, but you still need like an anchor, like a, mm-hmm. like a like a link tree or something that will. If someone wants to learn more about you, here's a tiny bit of something that you're capable of, something that you care about. Don't put it out there for all. <laughs> for, don't don't paste it on people's things. Yeah. Like once you have that, you now have like you know a headquarters or your, your your home base. Should, that should be in like your bios of all of your socials. You pick a social that you're most comfortable with. If you're good with videos, TikTok. If you're good with photos and art, Instagram. If you like talking to people, Twitter. <laughs> and I find that since I wanted things to move very quickly for ideas, Twitter worked out best for me. Um, I'm fine with the other two. I just don't want to do it. So <laughs> anyway, it's like I don't not relatable to, to me at all. Yeah. So. Once you exist in that space, and if you are putting stuff out, if you are doing a brand, even if you're not going to use them, make them. You have to own all of them. Buy your domain, whatever yep. you, your, 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 your thing is called, whatever your brand is called, own it because someone else is going to if you don't. Yeah, uh, it's absolutely. It's very important. And, and you also want to make sure that it's available because you don't want to be like, hey, I'm going to make my thing in 2023. <laughs> yeah. I'm called Reckless Attack. And it's like, oh, no it's like <laughs> <laughs> oh no yeah and, it's, uh, we we yeah. did a lot of googling we went through a lot of podcast names that we then googled to be like well nope there's one of those it hasn't been active in a couple of years but it's still <laughs> out there and i guess uh, we'll just not we'll just not do that for sure exactly it took me like uh a week and a half to come up with gem firefly and no one knows what it means so it means what i say it means it, it means your brand yeah. And isn't that isn't that nice? That's exactly um, what it is. So, <laughs> uh, so, so, right to, to answer your question, when you're coming up, you got to make friends. You have to be seen in the community. You can have five followers, but you're gonna have to start recognizing who these big accounts are. And that doesn't mean follow like only Matt Mercer or or anything like that. You have to find out who the real community players mm-hmm. are. And if you're in TTRPG, like. I can recommend people to you. You're going to mm-hmm. find them eventually, but you have to be there in order to get that. Mm-hmm. So following them, finding out what people talk about, 
finding the people who follow them in comments. And that's when you're going to start to see the ecosystem, who's around, who, who talks, who buys stuff, mm-hmm. who, who recommends, who helps, and who are problematic. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you start to get a good idea of the landscape, I don't recommend wading into a community if you don't know what you're doing. Like you want, you want to talk to people. It's, it's like a party. You, you, you walk up to people, start listening, comment. If it's something that you know about or want to learn more about, say so. Mm-hmm. Talk about it. Answer questions. And once you start making connections, some of these people who find you valuable, who really like your takes, will follow you. If you continue to keep it up, you will gain their loyalty. And it's not, you don't need a million followers. You just need like a hundred loyal ones. Yep, absolutely. That's it. If you get a thousand, you're printing money. That's (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's basically it. Because it's like, yeah, I get a thousand people who will buy something the second I put it out. It's $5. Great. I don't have to work this month. Yeah, right. Something that I really like about a lot of your advice is is the concept of, of being a part of and growing your own community you know, of, of, you know, you said loyalty, you said friends, you said, you know, just people who enjoy and respect your stuff, whatever that means, and that you like and respect hopefully back. Um, (laughs) So for you, and, and this is both in a, it could be in an academic sense, or it could be in an experiential sense. What does, what does community mean to you? You know, like, how do you define that? How do you experience that feeling, whether again, whether that is your own community in Gemmed Firefly, whether that is the larger tabletop community, whether it's both, whether it's Webster's Dictionary defines it as. <laughs> so community is the space that uh, has interaction between a topic and the people who, for lack of a better word, consume it. Mm-hmm. So uh, is, whether that's just lurking and enjoying it or actively purchasing it, or promoting it and actively trying to create an ad to it. It's that movement. Um, so, so it's when people come together and ideas can be shared, that kind of stuff. But it does change when it comes to like my personal community versus like the TTRPG sure. genre community. And it will start to break down into different sections. And oftentimes you have to pick ones that work for you because you're gonna. There are definitely some that won't. Yeah. So when it comes to like your own personal community, it can be as simple as the friends you have and like friends of friends who perceive you. Um, if you're able to get support like that, it's basically like you're a bar and you have regulars. That mm-hmm. might be your community. Yep. Um, Love that. If you are a creator that has a product that you're using paid ads, you're expanding and all that stuff your personal community will start to blend with the genre. So you, like, you might not know mm-hmm. the extent of your reach, but you will, you will at some point discover it. Like you, if you put something out on Twitter and you randomly see it on Reddit, your community technically reaches a little <laughs> farther than you might have expected, which can be good. can also be bad. Because yeah. um, <laughs> it's not necessarily your community anymore. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's step community. <laughs> yeah. So, so being mindful of that and understanding the limits and the interaction. And it's not like communities are living and breathing. It's people. And you also have to understand like there's like the telephone game effect. Sometimes things go, uh, you have to try to control your narrative. And the things that you say as your brand 
can create ripples. So that's why it's important to own your brand, know your voice, which is why for me it's easy because I'm just I'm just me. And your voice is your voice. Yeah, as long as I'm not you know an asshole to to in, <laughs> in awful ways, then uh, it should be fine. Like that's why I always recommend transparency. If you are transparent and honest about everything, then you don't have to worry about any lies or keeping up with anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's just easy. People ask you questions. Like if you're on an interview show and someone asks you something, you're like, oh, what did I say on the last one? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> what did it's I say on Twitter? Thing. Yeah, exactly. It's, you just know because it's what happened. It's the truth. And because of that, people can relate to you too. And mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, no, it's, it's not shady. It's just, it's just what it is. And whether you agree with it or not is figuring out if you're the right customer. So <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I Isn't isn't that a lovely freeing thing? It's like, yeah, I will just, this is our brand. And if you don't like that, then good news. You don't need to buy our things and yeah. be gone with you. You don't need to listen to our podcast. Be exactly. gone. Um, before I forget, uh, another thing that I wanted to ask, and I don't know if I ever knew, uh, even despite having talked to you and having talked to Kata for a long time, how did you guys connect and form uh, form your company together? I, I <laughs> Especially from she is in Europe, you are in Boston, like all that, yeah. you know, like, how how did how did you guys you know connect and, and get together and then enter into business together? So um, I had the video game company and we had mm-hmm. merged with another company, and uh, she was like effectively the CFO of that company. Oh, interesting. And um, I was the CEO of mine. And um, once we started getting things together, we started talking about business and everything like that. And I loved her ideas because she's brilliant. Yes. And, um, like. We both have like an esports background. Like I played fighting games. Really? And, uh, yeah, I used to be really good. <laughs> what was your game of choice? I was I, and like I was like I'm gonna circle back to asking what sort of video games that you created. Sure. Uh, but yeah, what 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 game? What was your game of choice or games of choice? My the highest I ever like like my accolades came from Marvel versus Cap Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom Three. <laughs> Ooh. I love that game. <laughs> it, yeah, super high combos. I get to play Marvel characters. Uh, it's fantastic. So like, I'd be at PAX and I would just wreck people and walk <laughs> away with the walk away with prizes and stuff. <laughs> and it was too easy, like, too easy. So I go online. I'm like one of the top thirty. And wow. It's like cool. And then like I play Kata and literally anything. And I am embarrassed like a child. It's so awesome. Like, like she's like she can get to like top ranking in League of Legends like overnight. Yeah, like, yeah, just no problem. One of those people. Fine. She just does it. So like we were working on like a MOBA game. So we would play together, and her style it wasn't even like a style. She just picked <laughs> characters that weren't supposed to play certain roles, and then embarrassed everyone she played. And I loved watching it. And so, yeah, after that, it was just like, yeah, no, we get along, we understand business. And uh, when the whole thing imploded, it was like me and her just kind of stuck together. And yeah. Do you want to make something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hell yeah, I do. So, it's like, <laughs> so yeah, so, uh, we're just like, yeah, all right, I'm going to make a t-shirt company. Yes, yeah, was, it, was it your idea? Because I know you do a lot, not all, but I know that you do a lot of the designing for, for the company. Was it your idea who's like, hey, I think this might be what I'm interested in. Are you interested in this as well? Um, so our first interest was, Hey, how can we make money? It's a recession. Mm-hmm. And, yep. <laughs> uh, it, it also turned into like Kata. Uh, we, we, we were trying to fund our lifestyles. So it's like, what can we do to make some cash? 
Yeah. And so, so we, Gemmed Firefly went through numerous iterations of potential drop shipping stuff. So we're doing like random things from AliExpress that, that like really cool. The, the, it was really fun niche for gamers, that kind of stuff. And we did our best to avoid um, IP knockoffs and stuff like that as much as I would love to sell death notes, <laughs> like the death note journals sure. and stuff yep. like that, or massive Pikachu costumes. I don't want <laughs> Nintendo or Savan rolling up to my house because they will. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so we're coming up with all these different things to help lifestyle. And then um, when the pandemic hit too, it's like, no, China's not shipping anything. Yep. Um, so it's like, all right, all right, we're done with that. So we started getting into the t-shirts thing and it was like, okay, we're going to remove our expectations. Assume we don't get any sales. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, whatever, we'll just work on other stuff because there's a ton of other things that we can and want to do. And that's why Jumped Firefly technically is a media company. So this way I can put the music on it. I can put mm-hmm. books and everything else on it. And we have. So like I have like, I have a children's book on Amazon. And, uh, I don't know that I do that. What's your yeah, children's it, book? It's goofy. I made it to do it because my, uh, uh, my buddy had a kid. And uh, I was like, yeah, no, let me, just, let me make something for you. It's going to be it's going to be dumb. Watch. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's called the Barnyard Fart Battle. It's about, <laughs> Perfection. It's about, no yeah. notes. It's it's like, yeah it's about um it, it's about farting barnyard animals in a bath and it's hilarious. <laughs> it may it may you may be surprised to learn <clears throat> that the title is quite descriptive of the yeah. action. Yeah, so I got to illustrate it, I got to write it, and uh, to my surprise, with my limited marketing uh, that I paid to put into it, I was a bestseller for a week. What really? And, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's only in e- e- it's only in Kindle form. Uh-huh. Because it's actually two pages too short to be printed. I didn't know that. <laughs> so, you know, that's something you learn. That's why we roll out that, that sequel. Yeah. Maybe you know, the the director's cut. Well, actually, I went back and I added two pages of puzzles. And now you can. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> very, very highlights-like. It's like, find this sailboat. Yep. You know, like <laughs> so do, you own, do you own a physical copy of it? I don't. I, should, I should get one, but... I, I mean, I say that, oh, yeah, I would definitely do that. But also, like, we have a lot of merch that I don't own and feel like a fool for doing so. So I can't, <laughs> can't hold it against you either. So, yeah, we, we did a lot of a lot of I, I just try stuff. And it's not so much that, like, I'm good at everything. I'm just stubborn. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like no, I'm going to put a book out. Like, I, I was actually a writing coach, like a novel writing coach. Really? How to market, how to actually sit down and do it, where to get ideas, how to beat writer's block. All that stuff. And I, I charge an, an absurd fee that people actually <laughs> pay it, which I'm grateful for. And it's awesome because I helped a lot of cool people and made a lot of random connections. Like, I know, like, random rappers. I helped with memoirs. And, like, we're kind of <laughs> cool now. And I'm like, this music is fucking fire. I hope you do well. Stop fucking up. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, I'm not allowed to name my clients. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I almost didn't even want to ask, you know, where it's like, yeah. I'm just going to let the mystery hang over that particular tale. Yeah, it's also, too, because I don't want, I'm sure they wouldn't want to let people know how much they paid me. So. Yeah, <laughs> fair. Also but, fair. Yeah, book marketing is like one of my mutant powers. So when it comes to marketing in general, books is my lightning 
That's the that's the of the of the marketing expertise you have. That is the one that yeah. just like it all. Oh, you see the matrix code. Everything lines up. You get yep. it. Yep. Like I know how much exactly how much you guys spend, when to do it, how patient you need to be, how many people you need involved, or if you want to do it yourself, what you're looking at, how long it's going to take, how far you're going to go, and then how long you can leverage such actions and consequences afterwards. And yeah, that was fun. <laughs> I, 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 I'm like a, I'm a literary, I'm a literature and journalism major. That's, that's my, that's where I come from, despite being an accountant for a decade. Yeah, right. So. <laughs> despite that not being anything that you ever did, basically, which, you know, same, but. Yeah, you know, no, I, 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 I was homeless in college for an English degree. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I'm doing what I want. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make you know. it work. I was going to so say, you're here. It's you yeah. emerged on the other side. Well, the real thing you learn from having an English degree is how to adapt. Like yeah. if, you, if, if you work with this thing and it's just like, oh, no, you got to read. It's like, I actually don't. I'm dyslexic, man. I'm not. <laughs> I can't read at all. So uh, I didn't learn that. It's just like, how do I make you pay me for it? And uh, <laughs> it's, that's how I've touched so many industries, had so many random jobs and learned to just bridge the gaps and grit my teeth and handle difficult situations and sell myself and make things work because you have mm -hmm. to and uh you get that once you get that like survivor survival confidence you're kind of bulletproof it's like uh, yeah sure. i gotta learn this it's like oh i wish i knew how to code a website <gasps> give me a night i'll figure it out yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and I have personally seen that pop up several times of you being like, oh, guess I'm figuring this out now. Guess yeah. I'll do this now. And this is, oh, I learned how to do this six months ago. Here's the list of all the links that I found and, <laughs> you know, just have at it. Um, it's great, too, because like people will be like, oh, yeah, I'm starting this. I'm like, cool. Here's a bunch of resources. Yeah. <laughs> Get ready. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and yet, even in this interview, have found six more topics that you're like, oh, yeah, I did this and I talked about this and I've done research on that. Uh, so just a well. So I'm just going to like start <laughs> just DMing you and being like, have you done have you done this? Do you know about this? And I'll just like shoot my shot and just assume that you probably statistically have. You'd be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Concert photographer. I was a food critic. I, <laughs> uh, I, I'm an ordained minister. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a uh, certified bodybuilding fitness coach. Really? Yeah, I got all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I just do stuff, man. And like, and during the pandemic, there was kind of like Coursera was giving away like free certificates. Oh yeah. So stay in your house, man. I'm just like download. Oh, and that's that's so smart. Long. That would have been such a better. I was unemployed for a period during the during the pandemic. That would have been such a better use of my time than what I did do, which was I don't know what. Get, get ready for a podcast, <laughs> I guess, which is you know this good or whatever. But so not to not to pivot too too much off of, yeah. off of all that. But uh, another thing that I that we've talked about a little bit already. You even mentioned I think in the, in the preamble. But something that, that I see you do a lot and I know is important, certainly through your actions and your words, is to uplift, to platform, and to, to celebrate minority, BIPOC, LGBTQ, uh, IA community members and make sure that they have a seat at the proverbial 
table uh, in in Twitter and in D and D and tabletop role playing games and and that kind of stuff. You're with Fig. You do Fig. You've done a lot of charity streams. You've done all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Again, your website has tons of it. Uh, so so one thing I, I wanted to ask you, and I talked a little bit with Kyle from uh, the Foundation for Inclusivity in Gaming yep. uh, about this a little bit, but but for you. What are what are things that that you try to do to do to to do that? I, <laughs> that's yeah. a bad badly way to bad no, way to end sense, but you get what I mean. I was sure. like, what do you personally, you know, see as valuable, see as interesting, see as impactful? So, I feel as I'm developing a platform and I'm being seen and respected, I one I have to make a good example. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also need to be loud about what I am and not try to hide it. Because mm-hmm. like coming up, I kind of did not 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 coming up in the space, but like in in, in real life <laughs> as a human. It, yeah, it, it was difficult. I grew up in a, uh, in, in um, a black neighborhood and awesome, awesome. Some of the, it's it's like my my best friends. It's just the coolest. And then like I would go to. Uh, white neighborhoods and be an outcast, and you, it, it's and some people will like look at me and be like, "What are you talking about? You're white dude." I'm like, you might think so. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's tough too because like I'm mixed, so I don't have a, a, a culture. It's like I, I I'm technically Asian and Native American, and a sprinkling of some other stuff. But like Native Americans look at me and they go, "White guy." Asian people go, "White guy," and uh, and, and white people go. No. <laughs> no, not white is, is as yeah, much as so I, yeah, so I've effectively been banned from the three communities that I'm in. And it's just like, okay, neat. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with these genetics that are blank and irredeemable. So, <laughs> so, so being mixed, it took me a long time that I really wrestled with and it really hurt like my self-esteem, trying to figure out my identity and um, just feeling abandoned by society. So um, the one thing that I really try to do as a mixed person is to communicate with other mixed people that might feel this way. And I, my, my favorite thing that I try to do is say that if you don't have a community that accepts you, your experience is in itself a culture that being mixed and outside of the cultures is a culture. Mm-hmm. And I didn't learn that until like this year. <laughs> and I love it. It has helped me greatly. And um, I, I learned that from um, piecing together various uh, <laughs> pep talks that I got from other BIPOC creators that have that have been dealing with certain things. Like I, I'll, I'll hang out with the uh, the Asian Presents podcast. They're mm-hmm. fantastic. Uh, absolutely. Their Discord is super cool. They're incredibly supportive. Daniel Kwan's awesome. Yep. Um, all, all the mods, everyone in there, super supportive, very cool. And but it's also like I, I'm, I'm meeting other uh, API people, like uh, Ghost of Eli, Tefanomaki, mm-hmm. Alex, uh, Legal Kimchi, and it, they give me a little bit of extra encouragement when I get, you know, the case of the morbs for not existing is what mm-hmm. it feels like, mm-hmm. and it's like. I can't do this. I'm not part of that. And after a while, it's like I started just talking to other people who were in similar situations and then seeing them say, oh, my God, thank you so much. I'm yeah. doing my job. And uh, that's something I'm really trying to work on getting louder about and being a good example for and showing that one, 
it exists in the community that we're in because that's the one that you know I'm working with, and um, that people like me, us, can thrive and be supported, not just because hey this person's mixed, you should support them just because, but it's also like I'm doing it on merit yeah, as well, of course. and um, I'm trying to lift people with me. So if I'm not saying that like I only help. BIPOC or LGBT creators, I help everyone as much as I can. But for those who feel less seen, I try to give them extra attention. Mm-hmm. So like, I'll be like, hey, hit me up on, 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 um, on Discord or DMs or something like that. I'll give you some resources. I'll give you basic whatever. I'll remind them, answer basic questions. Because, again, that's something I wish I had. Yeah. Absolutely. Is is to basically just going out of your way to give that extra little hand or or word of encouragement or whatever where you can. Yeah. yeah. That absolutely makes sense. Um and something something that that, that kind of strikes for me and something that you've talked a lot about is is the amount of things that you've tried and things that haven't haven't worked out and <laughs> right and and the amount of of kind of like different you know different ventures different hardships different failures different all kinds of stuff and yet like i even just in the limited amount of time that our our venn diagrams have been overlapping have seen you do tons of tons of new stuff and and jumping way back music i know was a new thing for you um and something that 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 i know you've talked about is not a something you're trained in something that you feel that you're like a natural at or something like that even though it's very good your we used your (laughs) albums uh on our puzzle stream uh, a little bit ago Um, and so i was i was really wanting to hear from you about your attitude jumping into a new project, especially when there is that fear of failure or fear of the unknown or that this is not something I have experience with. Uh-oh, that's intimidating. So what? how do you go into those sorts of situations? All right, so I am uh, now 38. And uh, my entire life, basically up until about 32, my everything that I ever wanted to do was trapped in a prison of perfectionism. I didn't put my own books out because I wanted them to be perfect. Yep. I didn't draw as much as I wanted to because I could never finish something. And it 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 got to the point where I was just suddenly like, what am I afraid of? I am afraid of it. It's very real. I'm not forgetting about it. This is a pressure that exists within me, but it doesn't extend beyond me. Mm-hmm. And that was something I had to, even then, it took a while to come around to it. And it wasn't until um, I, I, I had a couple projects fail that I learned a ton from that I was like, oh, my God, I'm growing so fast <laughs> and learning so much. Because it's like, it's it's one thing to start a project and be good at it. Yeah, because you're you, 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 all you can talk about then is what you've done. I who begins projects <laughs> not knowing what I'm doing, I immediately know what doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, if I'm in a conversation with someone who's good at it, and I'm there, and then someone new shows up and they have questions, that other person is going to run out of things to talk about. I have <laughs> fucked up a hundred ways, and <laughs> I can tell you about all of them and why. And suddenly, like, I'm the master of it. And suddenly, 
I can kind of just go into it. And because I've screwed everything possible <laughs> up, I can innovate and mm -hmm. in, in ways people don't expect. And, and also I know the pitfalls. I know the, I know the difficulties other people are having. I know the, um, the expectations people might have going into it, thinking like, oh, this is going to work this way, right? This is obvious. I'm from, and it's like, no, you, it might, but it doesn't at all. Here's why. Mm -hmm. And once I recognize the power of failure, it sort of really become now it's like anytime I pick up a new project or anything like that, I'm like, I'm going to fail spectacularly <laughs> and be bulletproof in no time. Yeah. And it's my favorite thing to do now. It's like, uh, like, like I'll start doing something and I'll be talking to my wife. I'm like, guess what? I fucked up today. And, uh, <laughs> and that's how we learn about it. And it gives me so much to talk about. And like, as long as it's not too, too expensive, yeah. I, I, I recognize <laughs> yeah. that some things are costly, but it's also you're paying for the education and the experience and the expertise. Yeah. So invest in yourself, yeah. invest in the learning. So if like, if I have to be like, okay, I'm going to try this new type of marketing. I really don't think this is going to work. Here's $200 to see if it does. Chances are it doesn't. But I know that now. Mm -hmm. And I, but I yep. still get some data from it. And because I do, I can be like, okay, 99% of this is shit. I'm taking this 1% <laughs> and I'm going to put it on the project. And next thing you know, it turns into like 80% of why everything works. Mm -hmm. And no one else knows this because they didn't bother with the other thing. And it's like, this is how I just Frankenstein success and <laughs> you just keep at it and next thing you know you just start stacking wins out of these losses that you've been grinding uh -huh. that you come up with this tapestry of things that work and as long as i keep them on brand it all looks like it's one project but yeah me just fucking around <laughs> and finding out yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> and and usually i ask like hey so when did you decide hey i want to do this publicly you know, like, uh, ah, I, I've run games for a long time and now I want to make a podcast about it or I want to do X, Y, Z things. For you, when you are undertaking a new project or, or going back to Dungeon Glitch or whatever, obviously that kind of went with like, ah, I'm creating a business. Here's the thing. But when you are creating something new or wanting to try, oh, let's get on a stream. Let's do this. Is there a point where in your in your failure process <laughs> where the switch gets flipped where it's like i this is this is ready for prime time to put out in public or hey actually i just realized maybe i could do this publicly and people might be interested or do you go do you try to go in with that end goal in mind and then kind of take it from there or how do you approach that so i am my uh i'm a very big picture and 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 ends justify means when it comes to projects mm -hmm. um so that's why failure and stuff i don't care as long yeah. as it gets me to where i need to go i don't care um as long as i'm ethical and doing things right and helping people that's that's the cost so when it comes to doing all of this stuff i'm fortunate that i have kata reminding me that like <laughs> hey we're gonna die just do something <laughs> you like <laughs> yeah so it's like this memento mori thing and uh she encourages me to like just fuck it do what you want to do and i'm like okay we will do that and um for for a lot of the project stuff it'll be i can go straight 100 percent at something and if there's nothing that i think will boost it on the way there's nothing else i can do to fuel this rocket up then i will do that 
And if, but if there are other things that I think will grant extra strength for a greater yeah. sum of the parts, then I have no problem uh, creating, setting the stage, doing all the things that go with it. And uh, I always recommend that because, and also in that, when you step back from main projects like that and attack it from different angles, you start to see problems you might have run into or you are quicker to fix things that might have become problems later. Mm -hmm. um, I wish I had an example, but it's just like, again, I'm all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing a lot of stuff. <clears throat> so that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, do, so, so being someone who has, you know, who is a, is an end goal in mind kind of individual, what are kind of your goals and your dreams of not just of your brand, but of yourself, of your presence in the TTRPG space in the in the world <laughs> whatever whatever you know whatever whatever you got um but what you know kind of what direction are you hoping to take things you already have a lot going on obviously but like what's yeah. you know what's the direction well i mean the stuff that i have now is for better or you know it's it's for fun mm -hmm. so um my main goals is i want to write fiction and that's uh, i want to write books and i want to write game stuff so I'm getting, I'm coming up on the game stuff, especially thanks to Fig and Kyle for making me do it. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, it's, and now that it's like, well, that perfection band-aid has been ripped off. Yep. I have something out. Now I have to make more. And especially because like people are like, wow, this is actually kind of okay. Thanks. So, oh, really? Oh, interesting. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're making stuff. And, but really, it's like, I... I want the platform so that eventually I have enough fans and people that I've helped so that when I do drop a novel, it's bestseller on day one. That's what yeah. I like, mm -hmm. like, and, and, and at the same time, I can celebrate it with these people because if I'm just making it in a vacuum and like there's no one for me to be like, hey, we did it. Yeah. And I look around <laughs> and the room's empty. Then I don't care. Then I yeah. go, well, what did I do this for? Yeah. And um, if I can get people playing like, the games and stuff, if I can be a good example and just kind of, I don't know. I, I, I want to have some impact on the industry mm -hmm. that can be meaningful. And I want to do it as a mixed race person who helps LGBT people yeah. and supports everyone. And uh, yeah, it's, I want to prove it can be done through kindness and being ethical and, uh, that you can run a business on best business practices and be successful without fucking people over. So you know, it's like, uh -huh. it's, that's my game. I want to prove that it can be done right. And whether it is in that pursuit or any of your other pursuits or just kind of generally, do you have any, any mentors, any heroes, any, anyone who you look to and say, I have learned a lot from them or I base a lot off of them, or I want to do what they're doing but my way or anything along those lines that, that really stand out to you? Guy Fieri. Mm-hmm. Yes. Guy Fieri I am, I am both taken aback, but also like immediately invested and behind you. Yes. Guy Fieri is the, uh, the, 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 the super positive, nice mm -hmm. guy who helps the food industry. If I can find a way to be the guy Fieri of TTRVG, I want to do that shit. Because it's like, <laughs> he, he, he's, he's always helping people and he doesn't always like take credit for it. He, he, he runs charities. He helps people 
established companies. He gives people breaks when they need them. Like like if you're a small creator and you need a boost, he'll see about getting you a contract somewhere. And it's outstanding just how much positivity, joy, and help he puts out into the world. And I'm ultimately inspired that by that. Mm-hmm. He's a great guy. And I wanted that's 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 who I want. That's who inspires me the most. Mm-hmm. I don't have heroes. He's my only one. And you know, and that's a that is what a what an excellent uh, distillation of all of it yeah. <laughs> is Guy Fieri for for all of his Guy Fieri ness. May we all be a little bit more Guy Fieri. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I got to make the donkey sauce of TTRPG. So we'll figure that out. <laughs> I have no clever follow up to the phrase that you just said. Yeah. And I wish you all the best and we'll be first in line for whatever the donkey sauce of tabletop role playing games ends up being. <laughs> um especially now and we talked about it a little bit already, but but what does that that play and that creation do for you? Uh whether that is sitting down to write a book or write a story or an adventure or doing it as part of a group, you know, uh, around a table, around a camera, whatever it is. What 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 fires does that light for you? Um, it's, well, one, I feel like I'm good at it. So it's a Mm -hmm. muscle. I like to flex when I can. Um, if I can inspire other people to dream larger in their own creativity, people are like, wow, I didn't think of that. And suddenly they start thinking in their own Mm -hmm. lines and we're adding to the myriad of creativity that is this experience that we're all part of. And, uh, the more we can enrich that and encourage others, the better. So I'm always for like, it, it's one thing to just consume and be like, hey, I love this, I love this, I love this. But if you can uh, offer a little bit of light or spark to the grand illumination that is creativity, then I, I feel you kind of owe it to the, the space to give back, but also to yourself because there's a immense pride and, and feeling to be like, I made this and someone else likes it. Mm-hmm. And like to hear that something you made is someone's favorite. Yeah. Is something everyone should experience at least once. Yeah. Very uh, powerful. So that's why I always try to uh, encourage people to do various things to like break writer's block. Uh, <clears throat> like I have, a, I have a few secret weapons. Uh, that like, like people go, oh, I don't know idea what I'm thinking about today. And it's like, what you need is a literary journal. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, I can go off on literary journals and like why they're like the secret sauce of creativity. Um, I I used to kind of write for one. I don't know, yeah, it's I don't know if you want me to go into it. I can. It's a lot, but. It's, no, we'll just we'll save that for when I when we do the spin-off reckless attack a talk podcast that is just literary fiction. Sure. And and we'll do, you know, we'll do a full robust speaking to Matt the author full <laughs> sit-down interview for when the uh, when your book releases. The last question I did have before we're getting into the lightning round, do you know what your do you have a vision of to what your book is going to be about? What that uh, like the next project's going to be? I do, but the I can't one. talk about it because I'm not. I don't. I don't. I don't. Because it, it's so out there. That, <laughs> I like, respect changes, the shit out of that so much. That it's like, <laughs> I, and also to give it away, someone will be like, "I'm writing that first. It's like, no, well, yeah, no, <laughs> not gonna happen. That's fair. 
But, and um, that and that speaks <clears throat> to your your big brained you know marketing mind where it's like no I will I will tell you when it is the right time yeah for you yeah. to know yeah I I, I really do like uh, recommend the literary journals just like just in general because um, reading keeps you sharp yeah and it's a great habit like I you know I, I was the writing coach for a few years it's vital to always be reading if you want to be a creator like you'll never have writer's mm -hmm. block if you are constantly reading different genres and sources you'll be overwhelmed with ideas and it's a lot less likely that you'll be one of these people that you see in the community is just blatantly stealing their shit and like that's okay <laughs> it's not and um like with literary journals like they give you numerous hand-picked high quality voices and perspectives in one place and, what ones uh, do you like do you have any recs <laughs> um so again this is my background so like yeah right you, you got to dig beyond like the new yorker like i grew up <laughs> with ones like by that i mean like i consumed all these in college and uh, like the big ones like um harper's mag new england review zoetrope yeah. uh paris review boulevard oxford america crazy horse granta <laughs> salamander which is from um suffolk university where i went to school plowshares which is from emerson which is down the street and like wired magazine but um the one that i do recommend and also because it's one that i uh i'm actually starting to team up with because i think they're really cool um <laughs> it's uh it, like like <clears throat> uh is it's, it's called um Pangyrus. Ooh, how do you spell and that? It's it's P A N G Y R U S. It's okay. like a um, papyrus, but with Pangea. Yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. <laughs> so papyrus, yeah. Um, it's 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 my favorite, and um, I it's it's of all of those, it's affordable because it's only three dollars on Patreon, and they'll send you the physical book. It's fantastic, and uh, it's it's tied to like. Uh, all of the universities in New England fascinating uh, have people that are in it and it's it's an up-and-comer I've uh, I've been kind of friends with them since uh, since I was doing speaking gigs at book conventions a long time ago once um, again just like rattling off another highly specific career experience <laughs> that you've had just nonchalantly in the last like three minutes of the interview cool naturally yeah. sure the book marketing speaking. thing you know, it's like I got heroes and I got to sit with them. So it's like, well, book marketing heroes, we'll say. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, uh, but yeah, Pangy uh, Pangyrus is fantastic. $3 on Patreon and you'll get the books. And, I'm uh, going to literally, as soon as we're done, going to immediately go look it up. So okay. genuinely. <laughs> I got one right here. Uh, we're, we're, we're on a podcast. So I'm not going to hold it up. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, Matt, what a beautiful thing you just showed me on this audio medium. Incredible. Thank you for oh, sharing that beautiful visual. I'm so, so, so glad you like it. It's actually, <laughs> that actually is kind of pretty. Oh my God. It actually is very large and impressive looking. <laughs> I did see so, it. <laughs> you crack this open, you will have an idea for a product or, or a spin. You take this and you twist this into TTRPG. Yeah. Every page of this is a one page game. <laughs> it's it, it's everything you need is in a literary journal. And, <laughs> and, it's, and, and like I tell people, it's like, oh, I don't know what to write because you're not reading, man. Go keep, listen to people and then yep. mix them all together. Don't just take one thing. Absolutely. Must <sighs> consume to create. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs>
You have made it to the lightning round portion of the interview. As I say with everyone, these are the same questions that I ask everyone. And I will try my best to shut up and let you say whatever it is you want to say about any of them. Uh, If you have a single one word answer to anything, you are more than welcome to give it. If you have a long one, I will just sit back and only pepper in the slightest, tiniest of questions or clarifications. Uh, If you're like, nope, don't know, pass. (laughs) Also valid and good. Matt, are you ready for the lightning round? Let's do it. Okay, first question. Is your glass half full or half empty? It's just half. You have to adapt. Because if it's half full, half empty, you're going to lean one way and you're going to miss one side of it. you got to figure it out. <laughs> Get your data first, then make the call. <laughs> I think that is roughly also Kyle's Kyle's answer. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I only say that because I know that you guys are obviously work together a lot and, and talk a lot. And I, I, Kyle also delivered a, a very masterful version of that as well. What excites you creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Um, subverting tropes. I need to make things shiny and new, and I need <laughs> you to find it interesting or fun. <laughs> if, uh, if if I can take something and break it to bits, then uh, that's fun for me. And if I can get you to think about things you weren't thinking about in a specific way, I've done my job. What does not excite you creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Boring hack shit. People, uh, anyone who's like, oh, I took this idea and I re-skinned it. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what is your favorite sound? Um, let me see here. I feel like I should know this. Um, crickets, frogs, and birds, which is fortunate for me because that's what my tinnitus sounds like. <laughs> Just living in bliss all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's like 30% volume up all the time. And then my wife is like, what do you mean? You don't hear the microwave beeping? Are you serious? i do not not. what sound do you hate um (laughs) every uh every reused ringtone (laughs) if if, you know Mm -hmm. like the nokia sound Mm -hmm. or the motorola sound anything that if if, if, if it's a factory issue sound (laughs) that other people use to death oh what is your favorite word acquiesce good one I like I I'm I'm a, I'm a nerd when it comes to words. So, acquiesce, indispensable, interminable. I love those. Uh, you know, somehow that fails to assuage my disquietude. That sort of things. That's that's what I do if you let me do it. But yeah, I try not to. Uh, I mean, that was per- like that. You rattled off three, and then my brain gave no further thought and was just like. Yes, those are good words. And just like <laughs> the no analysis needed, just yes, correct. Those are great words. What's your least favorite word? <laughs> I have two. One is cellar door because of the movie uh, Donnie Darko, where they say that mm. it's the most pretty word ever. And I disagreed. And I didn't like that everyone was telling me. But that was the prettiest word. And I'm like, no, whatever. And the other one is uh, a slang one. And it's... Uh, Pog or Poggers, basically <laughs> play the game, super exciting, stuff like that. It's just when I was coming up in the game industry, everyone was using it, and I absolutely hated it. It's just like, 
man, every word, every word was that. And it was just like, <laughs> I'm so done. I do not want to be on this planet anymore. Yeah. <laughs> what tabletop role-playing game or D&D monster or foe have you not faced or run as a dungeon master that you would love to? The Tarrasque. Ooh. It's never come up. It's always been a thing we've mm-hmm. teased about, we talk mm-hmm. about, it's hypothetical. <laughs> Everyone subverts it. Oh, I want baby Tarrasques. I want to summon ones. Like, uh, I don't know. Give me the good I feel shit. Like, yeah, I feel like if I were to put one on a project, I'm jumping the shark. You know? <laughs> yeah. I feel like it would yeah. work in one shot, but also I don't want to manage any more epic level shit because it yep. takes so long and so much to build. And it's a lot of work, but... <laughs> Mm-hmm. I would like to wipe a party with one. Can we do that? <laughs> <laughs> Can we just skip to that part and, yeah. and just go yada yada the rest of it? Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite adventure of all time? I guess it's two. One where I'm a DM, and it's the one that I made uh, for my the the kind of like my private games. So I'm running two at the same time in the same world, and I wish I had more time for it. But also, my friends moved away, so we didn't get to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I had two tables running at the same at the same time, like one was Thursdays, one was Tuesdays. They weren't necessarily aware of each other. The players knew that the other team existed, but the play, the characters didn't, and they were working towards the same goals. And I gave them enough agency with NPCs that they could communicate, but they didn't know who they were talking to. And eventually, things started to like boil to a head, and things got like they would send each other things to help each other and uh sometimes like an npc would end up making a cameo in the other thing and sometimes they would die and be like wait what do you mean they're dead <laughs> and uh and, like sometimes you'd get a letter from the other from someone over here being like hey uh we need this this is a real problem blah blah and that was so fun to write and see the way that like players would react and then if they communicated outside of the game they were trying not to spoil anything for each other. So <laughs> uh-huh. it was so difficult, like watching them be on eggshells. But then once something came up that like both of them would know, they would explode yep. Christmas trees. Of like, course. this is awesome. That was a lot of fun. Um, as a player, my friend ran a grinder of a game through, uh, through Eberron. Mm-hmm. And we were in the jungles of Zendrick for months dealing with uh, all the fatigue, the he- uh, heat, um, diseases, uh, just just everything that went with it, and it was man versus nature, because we were walking from like Zendrick to Sharn, and it's just like it's we're walking this man, our <laughs> crashed in the middle of nowhere, and it was like we didn't have to fight anything. It was just like dealing with it. We role played the whole thing. Wow, and it was so fun. It was like, and that's and that's why I'm kind of like. My style now is like, you don't need combat to have fun. And that's where I learned it. And he learned it at the same time, too. Because it's just like, something could come up. We're all amazing fighters. Go kill anything that rolls up. But we all have like five levels of fatigue. I'm dragging this elf through the dungeon. is <laughs> because they passed out like a day ago. And uh, it was really something different. Yeah. Than anything else I've played. And uh, patience became a big part of it. And when you start really squeezing your skills <laughs> uh-huh. and role-playing things out, that's where you really start to fall in love with the character and their capabilities. And then when you start leveling up, you're like, I did this, it makes sense. I trained in this. This is why I'm learning this. 
Who is your favorite tabletop role-playing game character of all time? The first character that I played when I came to TTRPG Twitter was a champion fighter named Vontles. And uh, <laughs> he's, he's just an archer. That's all he does. He's an archer. He eats. That's his whole thing. <laughs> he's a hero. He's, a, he's legit a hero. And it gives me a chance to play, use my Thor voice. And um, <laughs> I fell in love with the character, and it was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> So like, I kind of I kind of keep him reserved. Like I retired from that game, um, and uh, he's, he's my my guy. Um, I got a ton of other characters, but another character that like I absolutely love is one of the is Cata's first character ever playing with me, and he was a lawful evil fighter named Magnus. Never fought anyone ever. Got just <laughs> enough money to bribe their way out of everything, and then created uh, an empire of I will take this job for this elevated amount of money. And then they turned around and then hired another batch of adventurers to do it for half the price. Yeah. <laughs> and then they would go off and I'm like, okay. <laughs> Classic and I just kinda, Yeah. I would just simulate what happened to them as they come back. And they're like, the two of them return. Well, is the job done? Here's your money. And then he goes back to the person and collects like 75% of it. And he's like, okay, cool. Now I'm going to go buy land. And it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> she ended up owning the town that I made. And it's like, didn't have to do anything and bought her way onto the council. And suddenly started, it's like, are we playing D&D? What is this? <laughs> and everything Still, worked. Suddenly. It, it really was. It, it ended up turning into like Solaris, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was so fun. I learned so much from playing with Kata that way. And it's influenced who I am as a, as a DM now for giving characters more agency to do that sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> to color a little outside the lines every once in a while. Last lightning round question. What gives you hope? <laughs> um, kids that watched George Carlin growing up. <laughs> um, basically anyone who uh, is uh bold enough to question the rank and file authority of the systems around them that are made to oppress people so really if you uh, see something and someone goes that's the way we've always done it and you ask why that gives me hope so the more people i can inspire or see or help or anything like that where things like okay we can work on this or you start seeing the other people also start seeing motivations behind control why this is happening mm -hmm. that's my that that'll get me into a political rant but getting people <laughs> going into um making the world a better place that is what gives me hope mm -hmm. and uh, that's be that, that's beyond like the realm of art games and stuff like that because you know at the end of the day games and art is an escape and it's it's an outlet also for creativity which is why we're alive and that's the fun part so you should be you should get the ability to enjoy these things and not be oh debt slave or yeah. <laughs> you know, or any of that stuff so if you're able to do anything and these next generations are asking the right questions and questioning authority challenging authority then things are on a right path and i don't have to succumb to the existential crisis that is me and gem firefly so <laughs> uh, you know it's <laughs> so really it's like i gotta be the light i gotta help people yeah. help themselves 
I want to help people make money so that they can be happy and make different cha- changes and stuff. But if I help you and you don't help people, I will be fucking furious. That's all I ever ask. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah, okay, I'll help you make a marketing plan, but <laughs> you got to do something cool. Not to me, but to someone else. Yep. Absolutely. Well, Matt, you have made it through the Reckless Atop Gauntlet. Thank you so very much. As a as a generous reward back to you <laughs> for having having shared your incredible expertise and experience and perspective. One last time, can you tell everyone where to find you, what you're doing, where how you how to support you, all the good stuff? Sure. So I am Matt Dungeon Glitch <laughs> on the onlines. I like saying that because it's funny to me. And uh, <laughs> it makes me happy. Yeah, you know, and that's 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 why you also gotta be your own brand. You can make these kind of shit jokes and it's fucking great. I get to shit post if <laughs> no I want. Can stop me. You know, no one gets what are you gonna do? Judge me and say, Oh, I was obscene. You know what my best selling product is? It's a flag with a gator that says fuck on it. <laughs> I, I'm number one in Google for it. Fight me. You know, it's <laughs> you know, if you want so yeah, if you want to support me, go to the shop purchase something it's a lot of fun and it doesn't even really support me because again all of our proceeds have always uh, have gone to charity or to support creators in the space so like we donate to uh various people around the community who i think need help so mm-hmm. um if i see someone struggling in help i need help with my rent i'm like cool here's some money from jump firefly don't ask questions just take it all of my stuff goes to jump firefly anyway so like if you listen to the music it's going to mm-hmm. go there if you buy the, uh, the 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 games that I've made, it's gonna go there. So <laughs> go to Gemmed Firefly is the point, and learn more, absorb more, create more, etc. And there you have it. Yeah. So also check out Fig, the uh, the Foundation for Inclusivity in Gaming, which is great for if you are uh, a BIPOC creator trying to get your foot mm-hmm. in the door, if you're an LGBT plus creator trying to get started trying to get things going um and you got to work together like i i I, like it's one thing to help these people to help minorities to help each other and stuff and then you see that they don't fucking do anything to help other people that pisses me off so (laughs) it's like yeah take these resources and you run Mm, okay so be be the change you wish to see in the world i think i I recall hearing that somewhere yeah you know it's so uh yeah this is my long winded exit but uh, <laughs> no you again you ran the gauntlet you are allowed to you know to use the platform as you so choose so if really if you want to support me follow me on twitter and uh retweet my stuff because i'm loud and annoying and, and i exist because i exist there gosh darn it <laughs> and we'll have links to all of that in the in the various episode details and all that good stuff uh but matt thank you so much for coming this was a fucking delight as I, as I knew it would be really appreciate it. And, uh, and thank you so much. Everyone go check out all the, all the Matt things like, like you just said. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's a super fun. Um, <laughs> when, uh, when, when you were talking about like the marketing thing, I was like, uh, in my head, I'm like, what if we just broke down reckless attack as a marketing funnel right now on the whole thing? Like, no, that would take an hour. Yeah. <laughs> that That'll be, be the bonus. That'll be though. bonus content. I, I will circle back. I'll, yeah. you know, I'll pay you a consulting fee and then we'll do a full, you know, full breakdown that I will then implement into our actual marketing strategy. Yeah. Um, 
Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And yeah, go check out all of Matt's stuff. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nathan. It's fantastic. You are awesome. And uh, if you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed to the show, I mean, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what are you, you doing? Yeah. You, <laughs> you got to get all this reckless attack stuff. You think it was featured in Gizmodo for nothing? All right. All right. That's the... <laughs> That's not what this show is about. You know it. We talked about this. We'll take this off air. Thank you, Matt. How dare you? Awesome.